Welcome to Biblical Tapestry Podcast Season 5, Episode 1 in a focus study on how to pray. Biblical Tapestry is a podcast where we explore how the Bible is its own commentary and how the gospel is thoroughly woven from Genesis to Revelation. Today we will investigate how to be an effective prayer warrior. Prayer is a wonderful gift from God. This prayer line is direct to God and it's never ever busy. God desires our prayers and offers us the invitation to spend time with our Creator. Well, prayer is the act of addressing, offering thanksgiving, adoration, supplication, or intercession directly to God. Dr. David Jeremiah writes, To know how to speak to God is more important than knowing how to speak to man. So let's start our journey in prayer, starting in Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? Now, is there anything there in this verse, or these verses, to push you into feeling guilty about not praying? Well, no. These verses are simply enticing us, encouraging us to pray. This passage in Matthew is part of the Sermon on the Mount, and it is the second time Jesus speaks about prayer. The first time was when the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. Back to verse 7 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. What is the command here? Ask. Jesus is simply saying, Ask, and God hears, and God answers. It's kind of like uh, being in a bakery that's offered you a free loaf of fresh baked bread in front of you take it it's yours did it say anywhere in these verses to beg no just come to God in faith we have not because we ask not there are three imperatives in these verses what are they ask seek knock and these imperatives if we made an acrostic from the first letters of each one form the word ask (laughs) there it is again ask seek knock and each one of these imperatives seems to escalate the prayer process asking is coming to God in humility and awareness seeking is putting action to prayer and pursuing the will of God and then knocking suggests perseverance a stick-to-itiveness if we want to put it that way that's persistent in our petitions Verse 8 says, For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks will be opened. Well, what is God telling us in this verse? If you ask, you receive. If you seek, you will find. And if you knock, the door will be opened. And this applies to whom? Everybody. Everybody. Almost. There is one caveat, and that is the prayer line is open to everyone who knows Christ as their Savior and is a child of God. If you're a child of God, you should know that with certainty 
that God wants to answer your prayer. He wants to hear from you. He wants to spend time with you. A prayer and faith to accept Christ also will certainly be heard from anyone. Oswald Chambers said, Our Lord in his teaching regarding prayer never once referred to unanswered prayer. He said, God always answers prayer. If our prayers in the name of Jesus, that is in accordance with his nature, the answers will come, but not in accordance with our nature, but with God's nature. And we are apt to forget that, and perhaps in ignorance, blurt out without thinking that God does not always answer prayer. That is incorrect. God does answer prayer each and every time. And when we are in close communion with him, we can realize what God is doing. What if there is a delay in the answer? Well, James Boyce suggests, if you're praying for something that God is not answering your request with a yes, then ask what you can accomplish in the meantime and give yourself to that. But the best advice here is to just keep on praying. Verse 9 says, Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? What's this illustration about? Well, if we give good things to our children, will not God do anything less? Please understand that God longs to answer our prayers. Now, there are times that perhaps we ask for a stone and then God gives us bread, or we ask for a snake and God gives us fish. But God always answers prayer, although sometimes he may not give us the answer we want. Bill Hybels states that if the request is wrong, God says no. If the timing is wrong, God says slow. If you are wrong, God says grow. And if the request is right, the timing is right, and you are right, God says go. But God is not a cosmic vending machine. And many times we often ask incorrectly. But even that, even asking incorrectly, is a chance to listen to God and grow. So the question in these verses to you are, have you asked? No, no, no. Have you really asked? In Isaiah 55, 6, it says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. And then verse 11 goes on and says, If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? We then, who are evil, give good gifts to our children, and we are evil. Well, in comparison to God, we certainly are evil by nature. Paul writes in Romans 5.12, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned, for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law, yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. So we're all evil. And Christ came to save mankind with his grace and mercy through Jesus Christ. In Ephesians 2.8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, 
which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, as saved children of God, we are commanded to pray personally, to pray specifically, and pray persistently. Praying personally is personal. (laughs) It's what you need to bring before God. Now, we know that corporate prayer is great, and that is made up of individuals, but these individuals should be praying and fired up about their own prayer life. We need to pray specifically. Pray specifically as we see in the scripture reference where bread and fish were prayed for. The ordinary needs of life. Be specific. And I am certain that all teachers and pastors would appreciate prayer specific to them. Pray so specifically that when God answers your prayer, you will know without question that was an answer to that specific prayer. Pray persistently. This is the groundwork. This is what Matthew is telling us to pray persistently. This ask imperative is to keep on asking, keep on knocking, keep on seeking. Being persistent, we are becoming conformed to the will of God, and he is helping us formulate our prayer time. With such these wonderful promises about prayer, why would believers neglect to pray? Are you too busy to pray? Prayer does not come naturally to anyone, and most of you listening are struggling to pray as you would like. However, our Creator and Savior has in His sovereignty declared that prayer is how He works. So why do our prayer lives fall short of prayer desires? Are you busy? There's a lot going on. Every day zips by and you think, I missed time from prayer, or I missed studying today. How does Jesus set an example for us for being busy? How busy was Jesus? We have chronicled for us in Scripture only 52 days of Jesus' life. But I bet you, every day was packed, packed, packed with interruptions and needs. We read in Matthew 14, 22, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. It appears that sometimes Jesus didn't sleep at all. And other times he was so tired he could sleep in a storm-tossed boat in Matthew 8:23 and when he got into the boat his disciples followed him and behold there arose a great storm on the sea so that the boat was being swamped by the waves but he was asleep and they went and woke him saying save us Lord we are perishing and he said to them why are you afraid O you of little faith then he rose and rebuked the winds and sea and there was great calm and the men marveled saying what sort of man is this that even winds and sea obey him Well, ministry, for those of you who have been in ministry, it is exhausting. And here, Jesus was dealing with a mass of people and the issues they have. And then dealing with a significant majority of those people who believed in the miracles and not who Jesus was. Many times they had no place to rest or return to and may have slept in the open. We have an example from Mark chapter 1. After a very long day, 
we pick up in verse 29. And immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. And rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, here it is, rising in the early morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went through all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. So here we have the morning after a hard ministry day. Jesus gets up early and does what? He prays. Why don't we have that kind of commitment? He was the Son of God. Does that make it different? The very things that keep us from praying are the very things that should drive us to prayer. Andrew Murray wrote this. It is prayer that God has given the right to take a hold of him and his strength. It is prayer that the promises wait for their fulfillment, the kingdom for its coming, and the glory of God for its full revelation. And then Dr. David Jeremiah wrote, Prayer is the means God has chosen to work through us. God has commanded us to pray. The first prayer is found in Genesis 20, Genesis 20:17. Then Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, and also healed his wife and female slaves, so that they bore children. The last prayer is found in Revelation, Revelation 22:20. 20. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Between those two are a plethora of commands to pray, and I just picked two of them. In Ephesians 6.16, In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. Here he is talking about the whole armor of God that you have to pray on, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Here it is, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. And then Philippians 4.4, 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known to god the peace of god which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in christ jesus why would we enter the battlefield of life without air support intense prayer is not idle words stated at mealtime or an exhausted phrase uttered as our heads smack the pillow perhaps that's fine but it doesn't achieve much Dr. David Jeremiah writes, The kind of prayer that changes hearts and transforms neighborhoods and rebuilds communities and revives nations is intense, fervent, and all business. Bill Hybels writes, 
When we work, we work. But when we pray, God works. What does God do in ministry without prayer? It has to be supported. So everything that God wants to do in your life is subjugated to one thing, and that is prayer. David Jeremiah writes, What we do for the Lord is entirely dependent on what we receive from the Lord, and what we receive from the Lord is entirely dependent upon what we are in the Lord, and what we are in the Lord is entirely dependent upon the time we spend alone with the Lord in prayer. And he continues, It is impossible for us to do or be anything that God wants us to do or be apart from spending time in the prayer closet. Prayer is indispensable in the work of ministry. The early church was totally dependent on prayer, and the book of Acts is a handbook about that. Every great awakening in history started with prayer. We all have needs in our lives. We also need to pray for others, and we need to spend time with God. In our next episode, we continue to study how to pray, and we'll discuss planning to pray and a roadmap for prayer. I hope this season five on how to pray has spoken to you and sparked a desire to pray to our creator who wants to hear from you today. Biblical Tapestry is available on Facebook and Instagram, and I encourage you to please like and share this podcast if you have discovered something helpful or uplifting. God bless you with an effective prayer life, and I pray that you're greatly strengthened by God. God bless until next episode.